You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. You guys are listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7. For those of you who have listened before, this is the show that is all about creating a platform for the celebration of amazing women within the music industry and also having some chats about what it's like to be a young woman. Unless you've been living under a rock, you will know it is International Women's Day today. Woo! You guys you, you guys can talk. Say hello. <laughs> I What's am joined up? by some incredible incredible women oh, well, i mean oh, she's all right <laughs> so i have the beautiful amazing fantastic intelligent alia hi Say hello. guys i know it's been a few hot minutes since i've been on your airwaves but Ooh, it's she back. Be back it feels weird i'm normally doing the behind the scenes stuff so this is quite nice we also have a newbie to the waves Come through. Say hello, Sophia. You can call me Fee. I'm so glad to be here. I'm very excited. I feel like we're going to go in. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. We are. We are. Because you ladies joined me today because in previous episodes, we have spoken about, obviously, what it's like to be a young woman. Mm -hmm. And I think episode three, we had an episode called Society Thinks Therefore I Am, which focused Mm. on a lot of the expectations on women. With it being International Women's Day, I kind of wanted to open it up and address the intersections that lie within that Mm -hmm. and talk about, yes, we can all obviously have, you know, towards how women feel in general, but we sit here today, not just as (laughs) incredible women, but as incredible women of colour. Yes, so we are going to be talking today about some of the things that we feel impact us even more so or a little bit of the things that, you know, we experience, not just as women, but as women Women of of colour. And if you can't relate, if you're not also a woman of colour, that's totally fine. Everyone is so welcome here. We need friends, we need allies, we need as many people, you know, getting on this discussion and realising how we feel as possible. So take this as your opportunity to be a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. If if anything, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can relate, fantastic. But I feel like we have this incredible platform here that's been provided to us, so why not use it to allow people to speak their piece you know to allow people to understand things from other people's perspectives and to allow people to find things that they relate to as well so that will hopefully be the general tone of the show i've introduced my lovely ladies (laughs) now i'm going to take you guys into another track we are going to listen to shea butter baby by ari lennox Due to some confusing, boring legal stuff, Sin can't podcast any of the knee-slapping tracks that are played on air. To dance along with us in the studio, you'll need to listen live. Tune your radio dial to 90.7 or stream it online at sin.org.au. You're listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7 with me, Jenna Green, the lovely Aaliyah. Hi! And the amazing Sophia. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> so you guys just listened to Almeida by Solange. Brand oh, new Solange. Mm. We, we're so definitely feeling feels. that. Mm. Feeling so that indeed. Feels. How do we feel about new Solange? I love it. We, love it. Love her. Love her face. Love her work. 
<laughs> love everything about yes. Hector. Well, good. Before that, we had The Incredible Shea to Baby by Ari Lennox, which went down a treat in the studio with <laughs> Ali. But to bring things back, as we explained before, this is about the music. It's also about the chats. It is International Women's Day. So we are talking about being women of colour. Okay. Oof. Okay. We get heavy. Yeah, like I can feel, feel it. We are going in. We are. We are. <laughs> prepare for the tea to be spilled. Ooh. You know, all the tea, sis. All of the tea. So we're gonna kick things off by talking about to kind of get people to understand and to explain when we talk about being women of color, what that means to us, Ooh. and kind of how. How did you come to realise you were different from other people and, you know, the experiences you've had growing up being a woman of colour? Anyone want to take this one first? <laughs> Go um, on, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I grew up, um, we were talking about this before, I grew up in Gippsland, so in, a, like, in country Victoria. So I always, I think to a degree... I was like the only like person of colour in my school, pretty much all through primary school and high school. There was one other other boy who was like a, like um he was Filipino as well, represent and <laughs> people would literally like we didn't look the same, we weren't even the same kind of like skin tone people would call us brother and sister. So oh. yeah. Um I, I always love, I love knew... those microaggressions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So I always kind of was aware of it. But then at the same time, I would still, like, when I was growing up, my first ambition was I wanted to be a lawyer. But when I would picture it in my head, because I'm a very visual person, I would literally see myself like Al Woods and would imagine myself as a white person. So, <laughs> like, it's hey, bizarre. Bond was a film. It was a film. It was, it it was, was like, moment. it was ultimate. It was ultimate. Yeah. But I'm also like... Why was I pitching myself as a white person, and why couldn't I visualize it being me and being a woman of woman of color? Mm. Um, so I don't know. I think it was it's something that not necessarily that you just like you know it, and then you're also continually reminded of it by mm. those microaggressions by people being like, "Oh, your brother and sister," or people being like, mm. "Oh, like you're black," or and just calling you out on things when it's really inappropriate and unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can totally understand. I feel like a lot of the time, people don't mean to be offensive or no. they don't think what they're saying. It's almost kind of... Some people, they're trying to actually relate to you, yeah. but they don't mm. realise that what they're saying is actually really kind of offensive and just yeah. sort of... It doesn't a have that... insensitive. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you can... It actually... Even if it doesn't come from a negative place, if someone's mm. trying hard to be like, oh, like, let me try and relate, like... Things, <laughs> things that need to stop in 2019. No more boys in my DMs out here being like, hey, chocolate queen. No! I've never been with a brown girl before. My my whole friend, my oh. whole friend, bless her heart, had a boy in her DMs being like, yeah, you know, I'm really here. I really supported Mandala. Like, I'm oh all about God. him. And she's like, I'm not even South African. I'm Guinean. What are you talking about? Wow. Like, That's like a whole other side I know you are trying to be my ally, but you're you're just, it's a whole mess right now. Oh. It doesn't need to be said. No, I totally oh understand. God. Like, the amount of times I've had people like, oh, you're half Jamaican. And they're like, oh, Bob Marley. Like, yeah, yeah love Bob. him. 
And I'm just like, oh my god, you don't even understand. <laughs> like, like literally, oh, it's crazy, it's crazy. But Ali, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> we we digress. <laughs> she, she was not prepared. She was like, what? That wow. happens? It's so real. Wow. So real. You're just gonna be like, yes, my white king. And um, yeah, <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto the the. Uh, strange behaviours of the internet and, and DMs and oh, all sorts of things like that. Oh. But what yeah. about you, Ali? What I really want to ask you about mm. your kind of experiences growing up, sort of identifying with your culture yeah. and sort of realising that you were, in most people's eyes, different. Yeah, well, I guess a little bit of background um, of, you know, my life is um, I am Filipino by blood, um, but I was born in New Zealand, grew up here in Melbourne. Um, so I guess for me personally, I was not Filipino enough to be Filipino. I was not New Zealander enough to be a New Zealander, but I wasn't Aussie enough to be an Aussie. And so I kind of had this real identity crisis from a very young age, um, that a lot of my peers didn't experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I grew up in, um, Southeast Melbourne, shout out to the Southeast, we don't get enough love. Um, but I did grow up in a predominantly upper middle class um, Caucasian area. Mm. Um, and so the schools that I went to were exactly like that upper middle class, like, you know, predominantly Caucasian. Um, being the only Asian kid in primary school, I think from the get go, it was just like, yeah, I'm different. Um, like hundred percent and kids bless them. But, um, I don't think they realize how insensitive they're being. And, you know, even just the smallest little actions, um, can really affect, you know, a person. Um, so, you know, a little bit of like, you know, just being, not being, you know, being the last kid picked, um, you know, for groups and like, I wasn't good oh, at sports. We don't play with PE. Yeah. We don't play with PE. No, they no. need to stop oh, doing that. I, stop. I, no, no, no. Stop no, letting no, anyone choose like the team. Yeah. It's not working. I Just know. divide the group. Divide yeah. the group. Exactly. Is that anyone that like PE? Okay. Really? Right, yeah. No, I was. I'm I used shocking. to sit I'm, at the back of the yeah. oval and sing every time I was in music oh videos. I would literally run and like sit at the back for the <gasps> entire PE Dude, class no up until shocking. high school. Literally. Really me. I teacher would have to call me back though. I didn't even have a club. I was the only one. I was out oh here at the back of the fence, like pinned there, like, I'm not coming back. You're yeah. going to have to pull me, miss, because I'm not moving. They threw balls at my head. We are not doing it. It's cancelled. It's cancelled. No. You're cancelling people in, like, grade one? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, like you know, you you do realize from a young age that you're you're definitely mm. different, not just in your appearance, but in your upbringing. Um, you know, my parents did the absolute best that they could. They had me when they were teenagers, and so um, I know I totally understand the grind and the hustle. Mm. Like that is my whole mindset comes from my mum and my dad because they really, you know, hustled to get to where we are now. Mm. Um, and so you know, growing up in the upper middle class world and you know being relatively I say this in quotation marks poor it does create this huge divide between you and your peers and so even just like lunches at school you know 
like everyone's getting, you know, mm. cool lunches, sausage rolls and stuff, and I was just like, ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, little, just little things like that, and you know, not being in the exact same suburb as your friends, like growing out up, like just a bit outside of the suburb, so you don't get invited to yeah, things you know, and parties and things like that. It's like, oh, but like, you know, it's, it's just like a random thing, like we just met up all together. So I guess rounding all of that babble up like I think it was just the little tiny um intricate little details and biases that kids have that made me realize that yeah I am different Different. Mm -hmm. and you do try to like fit in with everyone it was like looking back at it it's quite sad like why did I work so hard to try and fit in Mm. when like my uniqueness was totally my power and that's what I should have been cultivating it's so interesting you know? too when you're growing up because you feel all these things but it's not until you grow up that you have all the words for them. Exactly. So you know that like like you're the only person here and you're different but you don't know yet that that's what like being a minority exactly. is and that's a minority experience. Mm. Um, you don't have the right words to articulate yeah. what, you're, yeah. what you're going through. Like I said to Sophia before, um, personally for me growing up, I remember a point when someone called me a coconut and I thought that was a compliment. <laughs> like, like, to clarify, a coconut is, is someone who's like yeah, black on the outside. Explain to someone the, who's, to the who appears black on the outside but oh. is white on the inside. That's and I, like, that, see, banana. Like, that's what, like, at one point, <gasps> oh, 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 goodness. Oh. Yeah, because obviously yellow on the outside, white on the inside. But like, I'm Filipino, bro. I feel brown. Like, what do you yeah. mean? I feel like there's this battle between, and that's what I was thinking about when you were saying, mm. is you start to question what what actually is or how is a cultural identity really formed? Because yeah. obviously you've you've lived in several countries, mm. and I I have often personally felt like I am battling so hard to prove that I am so I'm Angolan and Australian mm-hmm. and Angolan Australian that I am Angolan, but I'm also Australian. And you exactly. like like people call you a coconut or banana and tick you off like yes, well done, you've assimilated well and you're yep. just like us, but you're also Thank trying you. to like be like no, but I, these cultural things are so special yeah. to me, and but I'm I'm never enough for, yeah. for either. When you're of mixed course, race definitely. and you're identifying, I think yeah. for me growing up, um, like I really did just want to fit in with all of my Caucasian friends. Mm-hmm, I yeah. just wanted to be I just wanted to be a pretty blonde white girl. That's all I wanted to be mm. growing up. Oh god, but, but, my heart is yeah. breaking. But Literally, but, but I and it's sad because at the time I felt like my Filipino heritage was a setback to reaching that goal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was always like, well, I don't want to speak Tagalog. I don't want to eat rice every day. I don't want to eat the food that my mom's cooking. And I was like, I just want to have a cookie cutter life. Oh, yeah. You know? And now that I look back on it, it's like, I feel so fucking sad because mm. it's like, why did I think that way? It's like, mum's cooking the fucking bomb. Like, what the hell, yeah, man? Literally. Rice is awesome. Everyone's jumping on the rice train <laughs> Everyone, now. all those right? poor uni students yeah, everybody. And like, can't afford the, you know, <laughs> croissants now. <laughs> That's but so like, mean. Even, even just the slightest thing, and I'm sure you girls can agree that, like, even, like, the fact that we were brown or, you know, for me, I was tan growing up, it was 
a big deal, and now mm. it's like everyone wants to be that tan. That's a whole discussion in itself. We'll say that. We'll yeah. say that. That's <laughs> a that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I almost I don't want to round you guys <laughs> yeah. up. I just want to keep you guys going. But we're gonna have to crack on with the, the music, and we will. Important. We will yeah. come back. So I hope you guys can tap into <laughs> our discussions, and I hope you are appreciating the things that we have to say here. We will come back with more chats, but we are gonna lead you into some more incredible music by incredible females and you know to keep things on topic to keep things on trend we're gonna listen to brown girl by oh, aradna <laughs> you're listening to the power of she here on sin 90.7 with me jenna green and my beautiful guests Aaliyah and sophia Hello. You guys just listened to Black Exploitation by No Name, and before that, you listened to the beautiful sounds of Brown Girl by Aradna, which almost oh. had Ali in tears because no. that song is so special <laughs> for all of us, I feel, in terms of explaining that we are not just brown girls in the ring, we are mm-hmm. intelligent, beautiful, amazing brown women Amen doing you. fantastic yes. things with our lives. And we spoke a little bit beforehand about growing up, realizing that you're different and realizing that you don't perhaps look the same as everyone else that you don't have the same experiences as everyone else Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of touch on the stereotypes with you guys and how that impacts our behavior and how um, very Eurocentric beauty standards impact how we see ourselves as young women Oh, Ali's, how, Ali's how looking at me. How much time have you got? <laughs> <laughs> how much time have you got? <laughs> we, we said before, we might have to make this a part two. So we'll see how we go with this and we'll see what the responses are, you know, yeah. and we'll see if we want to make this a part two because we have a lot to say here. We've got a lot to get through. So, Ooh. yes, like I say, I want to know what your kinds of thoughts and feelings are on mm. that certainly relating to beauty relating to stereotypes relating to how you feel like you have to conduct yourself mm. so i'll start with you Ilya. let me yeah. know your thoughts and feelings on this yeah well i think in terms of like the filipino beauty standard it is very much the eurocentric you know standard of beauty um you know it's the very i think it, it, it goes to the extreme even um of very much you know that paper white skin um long dark straight hair um you know widened beautiful eyes and i think um filipinos really appreciate um and and i love this the the beauty of um halfies particularly half caucasian half filipino and for me i think like even up until now it's sad to say like it's still something that sticks with me it's like oh I need to have like you know straight hair oh I need to be you know wider I need to be xyz like you know little just little things like that um it's definitely made an impact on me and definitely morphed the way that I look at myself and you know everybody hears oh you're beautiful like there's nothing for you to worry about but like we all see just the negatives when we look in the mirror right yeah Yeah. like literally all you see is just like oh my nose is too big Mm. oh Mm. you know blah 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 blah. um i don't know it's it's just been really hard for me to to cope um and now that i i am in you know the makeup industry it's it's sort of like well i can kind of you know shape my face in a way to look like how i want it to um but also because I work in 
in beauty, it's also sort of like helped me to understand that, well, I look stupid <laughs> when I try and like live up to that standard and make myself look like a certain standard. It's like, well, my face doesn't match my neck or the rest mm. of my body. Um, I just look a bit ridiculous. And so it's sort of helped me as well to embrace the little intricacies of, you know, my face, mm. um, you know, just like, and being like, okay, this is what I love about my face. How do I enhance that? Yeah. Mm. Um, so like even just little things like the shape of my lips or like the shape of my eyebrows and, you know, cheekbones. You know, yeah, definitely. Like that. Yeah. I feel like growing up and becoming a young woman as opposed to being like a girl going mm. through these kinds of things, It what I would say really summarizes that for me is recognizing that a circle will never be a square, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that that square is any less beautiful or the circle is any less beautiful if you see what I mean yeah. we are so we get so caught up in the things that make us different we don't realize that they're the very things that make us so beautiful mm-hmm. exactly and yeah you spend your life looking at all these people in magazines and I was talking to Sophia about representation and about seeing mm-hmm. you know women of color in certain spaces yeah. and in magazines and in media and popular culture and stuff like that and the way they're represented to us mm-hmm. impacts on how we feel about ourselves and Definitely. I can totally see how you know growing up you think oh I for me I was like oh I have to straighten my hair Mm -hmm. I can't have curly hair I have to have straight hair and like all these beautiful white girls because being brown was kind of fed to me as not being beautiful which I can see now is so sad yeah and I'm like oh my god why like why did you think that at all like that's such a shame yeah Mm. but it takes you kind of taking that step back being able to see the bigger picture because I Mm. feel like when you're young you're so bombarded with all this and it's so yeah on top of you like oh I have to be beautiful I have to be this particular representation of beautiful and yeah like you say when you're quite obviously not gonna look like that ever Yeah, it's like that ridiculous. whole like legally blonde thing in my head, like mm. picturing myself as white, but it was totally never going to be attainable. Mm. But the hair thing is, <laughs> you're laughing oh. at me. It's a traumatic experience. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, we all wanted to be Elle Woods at one point or another, but uh, like we weren't vocal about it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but the hair thing, I think that was my my biggest thing. Um, with appearance was was my hair and coming mm. to be comfortable with my hair because it's a whole when you're not seeing people in the media or not having people to look up to who look like you you question yourself and question what is normal and what is right and it's like just like this my 20th year has been the year that I've really tried to look after my hair in a new way mm-hmm. tried to embrace it and I've actually been able to look at myself in the mirror for the first time and say actually this is beautiful and this is enough and this is valuable but even at different times when I've tried to embrace my hair and it naturally and it curly and I've been like I want to see myself as beautiful but some Something in me can't be honest and say that I think that it yeah. is because no one else looks like me. 100%. 100%. For those at home who can't see, Sophia has beautiful, beautiful curly hair. Absolutely. I'm like a 3C. Tight. 3C. I think that's what it is. The really tight curl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, we understand. <laughs> we, we get for the people it. at They're home not... who won't know, you know, your 1Bs and all this. Yeah, mm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know, like, in any way, shape or form. Oh, it's the, so, the, the size go. of the curl pattern. Yes. Oh. So it's on a scale. So it goes from A, a to C. So yeah. I think A A is like the looser curls and the looser like waves, yeah. and then like once you go down to sit, so it's really really tight coil oh. hair. Yeah, yeah, I can oh. totally relate with you in terms of like the whole curly hair thing. Because I was saying before that I just damaged my hair so much straightening it, and. Mm. 
I was sort of thinking back, and when I was younger, I used to beg my mom to straighten my hair so so much. I literally, I can remember when we were younger going. I obviously lived in London, which was very multicultural, and then we moved up north. And I remember visiting up north once and begging her to straighten my hair for me. We were staying in this cottage in the middle of nowhere, and I instantly I felt so out of my comfort zone. I was like, "Please straighten my hair, like please, like then yeah. that'll make me feel better yeah. because then then I can assimilate more and I'm not so obviously yeah. different." Is so you, you know don't what I mean? Stick it out as I well. have yeah. a horror story yeah. about that. So mm. obviously, like I used to go to the hairdressers and like I would shake my hair um, here and there. Um, but one night the hairdresser gave me a blow wave mm-hmm. and I was so, I felt like the, it was like the prettiest day of my life. I was so great. I went and visited my grandparents and showed them my straight hair, went to bed, slept with it untied and woke up to my afro oh. like a movie moment like I went, I was like going to the bathroom in the morning like ready to look at myself and it was a whole poof. Wow. I was just heartbreaking, heartbreaking moment. Oh, I got my hair cut once and I went to go show my nan oh. and I got a fringe cut in and I had a rounder face at the time. Mm. She goes, she goes, girl, you look like darn French. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing though. <laughs> even, even it's so hard being a woman of colour sometimes, um, I, I don't trust hairdressers with my hair because mm-hmm. they do thing. not have the training. Like yeah. that's even an issue in itself, mm-hmm. and that's not their fault. But they just—it's it, a whole different way yeah. to style and to manage. And it, like even I think sometimes in the makeup industry, like you know, you might go and get your makeup done, and they don't even have your shade, yeah. or they have to blend. Oh, and, I like, get asked yeah. when I get my makeup get that, done. Like, it's hard. Yeah. I get asked if I if they want if I want them to contour my nose for me, and mm. like, I contour my nose anyway. Yeah, same. Myself, but like I choose how much I want to do it. But yeah. you know, when you have to have that awkward conversation when they're like, yeah. "Do you want me to make your nose look smaller so yeah. that you look more mm. beautiful and conform to these standards?" Yeah. Like that's effectively what they're saying, yeah. but they're not yeah. going to put it that way to you. Yeah. And I feel like when I do it, I'm totally uncomfortable just of that but when some you hear someone else say it to you mm. it's like actually oh that's what's going on that's crazy yeah. well people people don't look at you the way that you look at yourself and i think makeup is a very personal thing mm. um and i and i told like you know clients that walk into where i work that i'm like makeup's very personal like i can teach you the techniques i can match you to a foundation shade you know we can find you a skincare regime whatever but it all comes down to how you want yourself to look, what makes you feel comfortable, mm. and you know how you want to present yourself. There's something very beautiful and powerful in that. I like mm. that you said that. It's, it is. It's a very yeah. personal experience. Yeah, definitely. And it's the same with hair. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever? This is my question. Oh, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> that. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. Did you ever relax your hair? No. No, so you've never done that. Because I was thinking about these things, I was wondering, I don't know if, if um, I, I Ali, you had the, I'll explain, but if mm. you had a, like ever like skin bleaching or skin bleaching creams, if that had ever come up. Oh, yeah. Fair and, fair so and Lovely all... is such a, a sad product. Like That is so sad that that exists. <laughs> oh. There are all these like things that I think people yeah. don't know about that ha- have been brought into our culture. Mm. I, that's what we were saying. Like, you might not feel like you can necessarily 100% relate, but be a fly on the wall to what we've experienced into mm. our cultures. Because I even feel like there are people close to me that don't fully understand yep. what 
the kind of what I've kind of gone through in terms of the battles and struggles I've had with my identity in terms of my culture yeah and they don't know the full side of like what's been going on and I think that there definitely is that kind of it's very hard as Sophia said to be like oh people try and want you to pick and choose and they they want to understand you and they want to put you in a box yeah so when I was talking before about people saying like oh you're half Jamaican like oh Bob Marley and all this and it's like hold on I've never been to Jamaica so like why (laughs) why does that suddenly that makes you feel better because it means you can put me in that box and I think they can put a label on you yeah yeah but what does that tell you about me as a person with this yeah if you if you don't know anything about Jamaica or you don't know anything about Angola or you've never heard like I've been to the Philippines yeah does it make you racist like ask questions and actually educate yourself yeah and that's fine if you're doing it in a if it's from yeah. a place of genuine Accepting curiosity way. and mm. when you take on board how it's going to make someone else feel you just have to be sensitive I think that's yeah. all so if you genuinely just want to know and you want to learn I feel like that's totally fine if someone asks me questions I'm more than happy to answer them yeah. but when someone comes at me and spins and it in a micro-aggressive kind of way yeah. I'm like no that's when I have a problem with it kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's when I'm like okay this isn't so cool but I want to invite people here to listen to what we have to say as kind of mm-hmm. like three girls chatting about this we don't know everything there'll be other elements to this that Mm -hmm. people may feel differently like some people will go on to talk about language and discourse later because some people find certain words more offensive than others and whatever so it's definitely a different experience but this is certainly our perspective from the girls that are sat here right now and like I say you might not necessarily be able to relate but take this as an opportunity to educate yourself and think about things in a way that perhaps you didn't think about it before Mm. yeah and in a way that you hadn't really understood but on that note on that note (laughs) we must get to some more music we are going to listen to Strange Fruit by Nina Simone you are listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7 and with those beautiful sounds you guys are listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7 with me Jenna Green and my beautiful special guest today. Hello, we back. Like. Yes, <laughs> we here. We out here, out here. You guys just listened to "Essence of Sapphire" by Dorothy Ashby, who is a wonderful, wonderful musician. If you haven't heard her songs, please listen to them. They're very therapeutic and very You're stunning. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before that, you listened to "Strange Fruit" by Nina Simone. If the you queen. haven't been listening beforehand we are having a bit of a special today on international women's day talking about being women of color and trying to acknowledge the intersection of the struggles that women face but the struggles that women of color in particular face and young women in in particular because we are obviously all young women and this show is aimed at young women Mm -hmm. but anyone is welcome to come through like i said friends allies anyone yep please kind of observe our conversation but we are just three girls having a chat here not just we're not giving any major advice just talking about our experiences Mm -hmm. so if you can relate at all by all means hit us up on our social media it's at the power of she on instagram girls we've chatted today a lot about our experiences growing up about beauty standards and these kinds of things what i want to talk to you about now is about representation and Mm -hmm. about seeing people who look like you because i feel like i've (laughs) gone on about this 
yeah. through other episodes, but I really kind of want to hammer home how hard it is, literally, not seeing anyone who looks like you achieving the things that you want to do. Like, Sophia, you spoke beforehand about wanting to be a lawyer. And <laughs> this whole legally bond thing is not going away. It's relevant though. It's relevant though. How it's so hard to picture yourself in these particular spaces mm. as mm. yourself. You think you cannot reach these. I think I spoke to you guys before, and the example that I gave was talking about the glass ceiling. Mm. And when I talk about in other episodes about experiences of women. I feel like the best example I can give is that for women in general, we have a glass ceiling. But I feel like for women of color, the ceiling is concrete. Like mm-hmm. it's it becomes so much harder to see through, to break through everything for various different reasons. And I'm hoping you guys can share your experiences and your feelings towards that as well. Yeah. So Sophia, let me know what how you feel in terms of growing up and in terms of even even at the age you are now how do you feel about the representation that we see in magazines and we see in the media and within general day-to-day society shop windows whatever it is Mm. in terms of being a beautiful young woman of color how does that impact you and how does that affect your day-to-day life Mm. i think um the good thing and the positive thing i'll start with the positives is that Things are slowly changing. And for the first time ever in the last couple of years, Instagram has been a blessing in the fact that I have now this connection to women of colour and to mixed race women in particular because they look like me um, that I've never had before. Like we met on Instagram. Yeah, we, 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 we were able to do yeah, 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 we did. We were able to connect through Instagram and I feel like, yeah, that was that instant, That's like, amazing. you know that we're going to get along and understand certain things. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so true. Actually, yeah, it's almost like a a trust you kind of thing. (laughs) I know already. We're already connected. (laughs) It's interesting that going along that path, um, a friend of mine, a beautiful lady named Afro Betty, because I was talking about this phenomenon. When I see women of color on Instagram, I'm like, follow, follow, follow. I want you all over my feed. I want to see it all. I want to be Mm. kind of overwhelmed by that. And she was like, it's because. When we see other women of colour, we see a part of ourselves in them. And um, so I'm noticing now more, not even on Instagram, but it's where slowly we're getting women with naturally curly African hair or Jamaican hair out there more. There might be one, but one day it's going to be a whole campaign. Mm -hmm. We're slowly slowly getting them on TV, my friend was talking about. And we're not going to be told that their hair is unprofessional. No. Oh, my goodness. But I still feel that. I find that really hard. I'm backtracking to beauty standards, but in my workplace, um, I, I won't say where I work, but at the moment, I would not feel comfortable going into my workplace with braids because I feel like mm. I'm working um, with a lot of, next to a lot of white women and serving a lot of white women, and I feel like they would look at me and think that I'm unprofessional. Yeah. or be like, did oh. you just get back from Fiji or what's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I totally understand it's what you so mean. It's so real. I'm like, I no, it. this is what my ancestors on my head this is mm. not some like barley trip yeah <laughs> no but legit you, i can so right. i can so relate to that like i had braids uh going a few months back and i went into my web mine were, were twist braids yeah ali saw them she remembers and i was saying to to you guys that i would have never had those back home in the uk like it mm. took a lot for me to reach a stage and to be i had to be on the other side of the world away mm. from everyone that i knew to get braids because it really messed with my ideas of beauty i was always always thought on our 
I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I had braids at work. And in my workplace, I kind of, my attitude towards it was, if you guys want to put me in a box so bad, <laughs> if that's the stereotype you want, I'm going to give it to <laughs> I'm you. I'm going to put the braids yeah. out. I'm a, I'm the braids make, are coming. I came, I came with twists, not even just braids, like hey. twists. <laughs> and I had these twist braids. And so many people, for one, think it's a free pass to touch them. Yeah. No. No, can we just put that out there? I'm sorry, have you even washed your hands? (laughs) No, literally though. Like you just came from the bathroom, did your business, and now think you have the authority to put your hand on my head. Wow, you're so rude. (laughs) I'm calling you out. Like, People come up to you like you're a dog. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm fabulous. It's true. (laughs) But, like, you can can gas me up. I'm out here for this. But then don't think that you can reach your hand towards my head Mm -hmm. is a no. No. Solange said it. She wrote a whole song about it. Don't touch my hair. If I didn't play another Solange song, that song would be in the movie today. Unbelievable. Because I would never go up to someone. I would never go up to a Caucasian person. You would never touch straight hair. Your hair's so long. Like, let me... (laughs) Like, what is that? I don't know. I know that you're fascinated and you're amazed. And I'm... But show your appreciation in other ways. So just say you can make a compliment. You can say and then... Perhaps you can... What I don't like is when people ask when they're already in the action. I'm like, your yeah. hand is already going towards that my head. That is the one You're like, thing. can I touch your head? Oh, you're already touching my oh, head. Your, so. hair, your hand is literally already on my head. And you're like, can yeah. I touch your hair? No, wait for the response and actually think about what you're doing and think about the action that's going on here. Wait for someone's actual permission. You mm. literally would not touch another person without their permission Yeah. if they had mm. like straight long hair, like you say, or you mm. wouldn't touch another person in any other part of their body without no. the permission. If you exactly. See what I mean? So why is it okay for you to touch my hair? And also, so many people were like, oh my God, I love your dreadlocks. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh. Okay, well, well, these are braids. Like, they're, yeah. they're just braids. Like, they're like, oh, but how, how do you get those out? Or, like, Did you like, feel the need to educate people when you had those braids because because they would, you know, take it for something else? Yeah, I did. I did. And I had this one guy come up to me at work and he was like, oh my God, you're so interesting. And I was like, um, okay. I'm instantly like, why? Like, mm. why am I so interesting to you? And he's like, because you have this whole like British accent going on and all this, but then you've got like the Jamaican Rasta <laughs> dreadlock look. Right and I was just like, okay. You fucking what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I feel like people don't understand like what like you can have more than one cultural identity mm-hmm. and so you having having your locks or having you know yeah, your twist they, 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 they weren't even locks you having your you're twist like, me, <laughs> your twist does not also mean that then somehow you're not English like mm. I yeah, yeah, it confused. I didn't, I didn't really know me. how to respond to that one. I was just kind of flick my braids and walk away. But yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah, I do feel it's definitely a responsibility to educate people and be like, no, that's not what these are at all. But then also, I feel like sometimes it is quite hard because you're like, how many people can you educate? And I can't take on the responsibility of educating and it's very all of tiring. these people. It's very tiring, and it's also. I find like when we can have conversations about this because we we've had our experiences and we relate but mm. it's also really hard people are not people sometimes don't want to hear it and you yeah. have to be careful like not trying to to 
educate people or teach people or really open up to people who aren't open to hear and aren't open to you know Amen. think differently because that's when it gets exhausting when you're trying to talk to someone about this and be like this is a real issue for me I'm really affected by this mm. and they are like no it's actually like this I literally yeah. had um, a good friend of mine I recently I don't know if I should be talking about this um, I appealed a, a fine that I got <laughs> a tram <laughs> fine okay. and I find that I the where I live the area I live there are always um like TSOs or PSOs yeah. on the trams inspecting people but I feel racially profiled all the time because they might be 20 white people on the tram but they will always pick me to do a random check on mm-hmm. and in my appeal at the end I mentioned that yeah. and my, my appeal was approved and my friend was like oh well you just pulled the race card and I'm like oh, no like no. you're breaking my heart here because I'm I, when I wrote that that was not my agenda I'm not going no. oh so I'm going to use like this and twist it to try and have some privilege here it's like this is a real issue for me they may not be going oh she's black she's a criminal but they are also going oh this person is a person of colour they are more likely Mm. to do this we're going to target them let me racially profile them yeah Yeah. you and I were having that conversation before about even just like school for you yeah, you know, 100% about how yeah. you're just so more visible to yeah. people and you get called out for things so much more. Yeah. And in terms of we will get onto behavior mm-hmm. and how this impacts us in our behavior. But I constantly feel like I was saying this to Sophia, being a woman of color has made me excellent at maths because mm. I have to go through life in situations making calculations. Yep. I am constantly thinking, okay, let me attach a certain number for the scenario. Let me deduct my, you know, my privilege mm-hmm. and see what the outcome is, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I have to constantly think, okay, well, this is going to be a certain way. Yeah. But then people are going to think, oh, well, if I do that, they're not seeing me doing that because I am Jenna doing that. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, yeah. people are going to instantly attach the fact that I'm mixed race. Yeah. Instantly think about that. And that has severely impacted how I conduct myself and how I go through life. I'm yeah. constantly doing these calculations, doing these sums, and the outcome is always don't do that kind of thing. Yeah. Because it, the, the odds always end up severely not in my favour. Yeah. And so, I feel like yeah. coming back to careers and when you're talking about those stereotypes, in an academic setting, you feel the pressure more to do well and to achieve well. And it's like mm. you feel like you can't you can't slack back and you can't backslide uh-huh. because yeah. you're not just riding for yourself, but you're also riding on people who will come after you and try yeah. to you know do the same thing and achieve and it's hard I think depending on the types of things that you're studying like we were talking about before it's more stereotypically acceptable in a way to be a creative Mm. than to be an academic as a person of colour but then also people won't acknowledge you and accept what you're saying um, if you don't have some sort of background I I don't feel like we have that same level of discursive capital at all in terms of the things that we say and the things that we do Mm. as women of colour in particular and as people of colour in general I feel like, again, I was telling Sophia, I went to this really good event called Why Is My Curriculum White? Mm-hmm. Which focused on analysing why are the academics and the teachers 
within the education system predominantly white and why am I only I was horrified coming to Australia and realizing that aboriginal history had totally been hidden from me because I was British and obviously being being a mixed race woman identifying as being black Mm. you are hiding something that is not even not even that even even if I was Caucasian Mm. you're hiding from the UK so so important it's hidden it's hidden it's literally from Australians it's disgusting really we weren't taught it at school I mean we we were skimmed on the on the history like a real quick like like mm, like i remember in grade three it was like this is the injustice that was done to aboriginal people by scrapping their history and then that was it like there wasn't actually a teaching of you know like the actual culture there was no moment of actually bringing someone of uh, you know indigenous australian your heritage community yeah. and speaking to us and that was something that I felt like oh it's a bit weird it's a bit yeah, odd it's very or like it was, they were there for like an event like because mm-hmm. I went to Catholic schools it oh. was sort of like oh we'll here get we- on to tokenism yeah. in good time <laughs> yeah. in good time oh um but if we bring it back really really quickly to representation um I yeah think let's, let's know what me, you feel Aaliyah for me as an Asian person now is the most amazing time to grow up mm. um you know growing up I literally had Lucy Liu <laughs> and Brenda Song from, oh, from Disney oh my Channel. goodness Brenda Song yeah. though and Lucy Brenda Liu Song, two yeah. queens the, the but, but to be the fair the Prindle the I can't push the Prindle <laughs> Miss Chipton. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Chipton. How? Mr. Mosby. Oh, my G. My Dude, G. That was, that was, oh, I can't. But, but like, literally, yeah. like, for me, I didn't even like Lucy Lou, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, like she was just there. And so it was mm. like, oh, like, that's, that's my standard and mm, yeah. my representation. Um, but now is such an amazing time with the release of, you know, the Crazy Rich Asians movie and having someone like Gemma Chan, who is, you know, a British, um, I, th- I think she's British Chinese. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a part of, like, you know, the the British um, history films. Yeah. I think she's in, um, what's that one with Saoirse Ronan and people like that um something about queen queen of scotland yeah, oh, she's queen, queen of, Scots. of Scots. Ah, yeah. yeah she's okay. she's actually like a like a character in that and a strong character in that and i was like that's really brave mm. of them to put an asian woman mm-hmm. into a british history film mm. like that's a big risk to take but mm-hmm. they took it they ran with mm-hmm. it and they celebrated it of course um, and i i just i feel like you know we were so even like, this is going to sound really, like, odd, but even, like, within just the world of people of colour, I felt like Asians were sort of, like, brought into the conversation to sort of, you know, when it was sort of like, yeah, like, they're, they're part of it too. Like, see, look at them. Like, they're, they're part of the conversation. They're totally with us to mm. sort of, like, back up everyone else's, mm-hmm. you know, mm. points. Um, and so it always kind of made me feel like a secondary person. Yeah. But yeah. now that it's like, you know, we're here, we create art, 
we're not just, you know, your scholarly little Asian kid sitting at the front with your little calculator. That stereotype um, is mad. Yeah, it and needs to, to be, go. I'm not even freaking good at math, you. <laughs> I'm <good at> English <laughs> and, like, psychology and yeah. arts and things like that. That's where, like, my talent lies. Mm. And, and, and you're my just intelligence instantly profiled, lies. yeah. And it was mm. so hard because it was just, like, I felt like I needed to live up to a certain standard because... Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but mm. you, don't, you also don't want to be, a, you know, that kid that's like, oh, but she didn't even do well in math. Like, yeah. isn't she Asian? Isn't that, like, the yeah. thing that she's supposed to be good at? Oh, she and didn't like... even play an instrument. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, just yeah, little things like that. But I just think it's such an amazing time. And, like, I'm so, like, I'm kind of jealous of my little cousins that they get to grow up in like now yeah representation is there it's and it's coming. in front of them and yeah it's a powerful representation and not just like oh like she's just a, a secondary character no you know? of course of course i'm very excited to see what the future holds yeah i think that is so important and hopefully we will see this change and representation is so important and i think that when i'm speaking to the people who are listening into this conversation mm-hmm. as the flies on the walls welcome come through we acknowledge <laughs> you um i think what i really want to say here to those kinds of people is that i don't think they really appreciate the importance of representation Mm -hmm. in terms of looking at where you can get to what you can achieve and how you see yourself your own self-esteem literally not seeing people that look like you i don't expect a lot of people to have ever experienced Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. can i just say one thing i i feel like a lot of um caucasian people feel like the spotlight is being taken away from them because people of color are coming into the you know, mm-hmm, into the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's not it at all. It's just that we just need that spotlight to be, you know, bigger mm. and to be shared. That's all that we've ever asked for. Not yeah. to have yeah. it taken away from Equality you. is is not the the bringing you down to our level. Yeah. It's bringing everyone else up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank of course. you. There's like an analogy about a candle mm. and about the heat and light from a candle mm-hmm. that when you light a candle off another candle, you don't take any light away from the candle. Mm. You literally just spread it and share it. Oh and I God, think, that's amazing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't quote me. I think it's from like Gandhi or someone like that. Someone a lot more important. <laughs> we're out here being lights now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like yeah. y'all. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to share that light. No one's trying to take mm. it away from anyone else. And I think that's really the roundup of what we're trying to say in terms yep. of this representation thing, that it is so important. And that, yes, you you might not see it yourself because you feel like you've always been represented mm. but take a second to sit back and think actually how does this compute how does this come across to people who mm. aren't represented at all who mm. don't see themselves reaching these goals who don't see themselves as lawyers in top law firms mm. who don't see themselves as you know being highly regarded academics or whatever mm. how does that impact on them and that's not taking away from the people who do let's just think about bringing everyone up and sharing that light so yeah. i think that's really what we want to say on terms of representation Amen, we're gonna sister. thank you we're gonna cruise on with the music because i think definitely this week's playlist i mean not to toot my own trumpet but <laughs> i feel like it's very good and it's very fitting these are all women of color also which i think yeah. is very important a mix of genres so i hope you guys will enjoy find some classics that you will have listened to and find some new music that perhaps you have not and find some new women of color that aren't in the mainstream the main two that are fed to us so yeah. <laughs> here we go we are going to listen to KSB ah, <laughs> I, know, I know Sophia loves this song 
We're going to listen to KSB by Rael. So here we go. You're listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7. But we're not, we're not done yet. We're going to keep <laughs> keep cruising. The tea is still keep hot. Keep going. The, the tea is about to get a whole lot oh, hotter, Sophia, no. because... Okay, the, I don't want to burn myself. Oh. <laughs> We've talked a lot about, you know, our experiences, about mm. representation, about stereotypes, about, you know, where we can see ourselves in the future um achieving things i want to bring it back down to you know <laughs> we're going to talk about something a bit of a hot topic i'm going to say um going to talk about like relationships as a woman of color because i i mean i'll extend it i'll i'll say relationships with friends relationships oh, with okay. Um, okay, we spoke before okay. Okay. we mm-hmm. spoke before about how it's quite hard to you know for people who perhaps aren't people of color to understand really what you're going through so mm. i will open it up and i will say relationships with friends family whatever mm. but i feel like you two are quite keen to speak about <laughs> your conventional relationship and we've heard about sophia's dms already oh, and i think that that is a whole thing like the whole i get so much like boys being like oh you're so exotic and i'm like babe so i look like a mango no <laughs> it's not a compliment no. everybody needs to know exotic is not a compliment and it needs to like walk out the we door we need to dead this right there yeah it's gone did it i was saying off air that like you know um my aunt's ex-husband um felt like he could say certain racist things because Mm. he was married to an Asian woman. I was like, no, honey, that's not how it works. Um, It it took me for them to, you know, break up um, and be broken up for a couple of years for me to be like, he was a dick. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he was an absolute twat. Mm. Like, as if, like, you know, things like that would come out of your mouth just because you think you get a free pass. Like, it's, no, this is not how it works. No, not at all, not at all. Mm-hmm. What have been your experiences with relationships, you know, being women of colour? <laughs> do you feel like you've had to kind of, I don't know, conduct yourself in a different manner or come mm. across any sticky situations mm. trying to be around that? Because I feel like it is a hard, a hard one, I'm going to say. I think when we get past the whole fetishizing and mm. the guy being like, you're so exotic, oh, I love your hair, oh, I love this, which is really, it can be really nice, but can also be really, can feel degrading yeah. and feel like you are some sort of, like, this is me. Like, my hair, everything about me is me. It's not, it's not me putting on a costume. It's not me, <laughs> you know trying to be something else this is like this is how it grows out of my head and out of my body mm-hmm. but once you get past the fetishizing and then being like i've never been with a brown girl before i've never dated someone like this da, 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 da. talking about actual racial issues with someone who has not experienced them is so hard because just in general as a person whether you're a person of color or not as soon as you are not represented in the argument it you're is, not interested you're not interested and as you can't it doesn't affect you, empathize yeah, you're not about half it. the time and so i found my biggest thing with guys that i've been in relationships with or just even people in general mm. is 
if I say this has hurt me as a minority and I am affected by this and I have been damaged by this and this is my experience, people want to be like, you're just talking about identity politics, this isn't relevant, they don't want to believe it and they don't want to accept it. And that's been the greater issue once we get past aesthetics is being in a relationship with someone and going... Um, you know, I am to a degree racially profiled by people and, you know, unconsciously people have biases towards me which will affect how they look at me and how I get a job or they might take me in as a token to mm. say we are, you know, multicultural or we are inclusive rather than actually going, no, we're looking at you for who you yeah, are and what you bring to talents. the table. Of course. And, People don't want to accept that and don't want to accept that we still have racial issues in this country, that things are not fixed, that we still have a lot of work to do. People Mm -hmm. listen to reply rather than listen to understand. And I think that that's a massive issue when it comes to race relations, when it comes to understanding us as women of colour and understanding people of colour. Don't listen to reply listen to understand and don't Mm. kind of degrade or take away what we are saying Yeah, because when you speak certainly I feel like this for myself when I speak about these things I'm speaking about my genuine feelings so with regards to the gollywogs Mm. I find them incredibly offensive because they represent the black person as being an entertainer that is there for someone's entertainment that is literally charcoal black Mm -hmm. and we all know that that's not how like melanin works even the deepest darkest of beautiful skin tones mm-hmm. aren't going to be that shade of black yeah and and it's represented with the crazy hair again and mm-hmm. it's like all those horrible stereotypes exactly everything that i am trying to fight away from yeah. as a young woman of color you're going to try and defend having this doll in your supermarket to give to young children it's not I don't care whether it was a part of history or not I don't want it to be a part of my future and I don't want it to be a part of the next generation's future either so I think I can see what you're saying in terms Mm. of the contradiction where you have people in this day and age being like oh we love people we love being multicultural but actually we need to take into account you it's one thing to say it but you have to do the actions as well yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and I think you know even just quickly returning that to relationships and not just like romantic relationships yeah like Mm. relationships with with people in general yeah you know i know that with my family um you know my dad is a bit more understanding because he moved to australia when he was about seven years old Mm. so he did have to experience some of the stuff that i experienced and you know this was back in like the 80s and the 90s um for my mum she didn't move to new zealand until she was about Um, I think 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. So even just like with my parents, there is a sort of um, misunderstanding or miscommunication sometimes with, you know, our emotions or the way that we feel. Um, And it's sort of like, (laughs) it's sort of like, um, it's hard to explain to them, this is how I feel about, um, you know, being a a woman of colour in Mm -hmm. this day and age. And they'll be like, oh no, like... it's not like that. Yeah. You know, even like even just within your family, it's hard to, to talk about it. Um, yeah. And, you know, mm. it's nice because I, I do have a little brother who's six years younger than me, and um, he asked to move high schools because he felt gentrified. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and, you know, he said, he said to, you know, his reasons to our parents were a little bit different, um, but when he said it to me, he was able to really just explain this is why I didn't want to go to that school 
because yeah. I didn't. I felt like a token. I didn't mm. feel like, you know, I was truly accepted here. Yeah. So I wanted to go somewhere else. Where I think that's I saw massive. There was a bit more acceptance. That's massive. Certainly, reflecting on my school life mm. in terms of relationships and friendships. I was saying I met an old school friend of mine mm. yesterday and it was so incredibly amazing to catch up with her because instantly I've not seen this girl for 12 years mm, that's um, a long ass time a lo- a, like probably is, it might even be longer than that no I think it's it's about that mm-hmm. um, and it was so amazing to catch up with her because I instantly felt like I like the time was not a thing at all mm. because the school that I went to, the primary school, was so fantastically multicultural and beautiful. And the way that, you know, we went about being friends with each other. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the people who I went to school with, they are genuinely my family. Aww. Because we understood each other and the way that you accept people in those relationships yeah. is completely different. Definitely. Comparing that and contrasting that with my high school experience, mm. I feel like my high school experience was incredibly different. And I yeah. struggled uh, immensely in terms of identity at that school yeah. because I was one of like four or five like mixed race people mm. and I was saying to Sophia like in terms of colorism when getting into the whole light skin darker skin debate yeah. to these people I was black I was the blackest person they've seen mm. <laughs> and like that but honey struck there's a up... whole other side of that mm. spectrum. yeah mm. and that struck up a lot of difficulties in terms of friendships that I've made I don't really feel like I did make any solid friendships within high school because lots of people didn't want to invite me into their group because I look so different to them and I think that when we talk about these relationships we laugh about dumb things that have been said to us by boys Um, but it reflects also within every everyday scenarios within friendships within uh, relationships at work within our relationships with our families as well Mm. and I think that it's very difficult that when you don't identify with people when you can't accept them we I feel like I group myself around people of colour as a little safety blanket because I know you understand I can see how perhaps you know Caucasian people or or people that aren't of colour they might do the same and in which case they're blocking me out of their group and I feel like that's definitely what happened to me at high school I I totally get you in that sense as Mm -hmm. well because I you know I I worked in Dubai for six months um, and Dubai was so wonderful like you know I was I was over there as a performer and a lot of you know my friends there were also performers but it was strange because I thought you know, growing up here in Australia where it is predominantly Caucasian, that I would get along and, you know, kind of group myself a bit more with the Filipinos. Mm-hmm. But when I did, I felt really left out still. Yes. Because it was like I didn't understand. It's like Because yeah, you've been speak, away. Yeah, well, I speak the language uh-huh. fluently. I eat the food. And, you know, I've, I've grown up with, like, you know, my grandma and mm. my grandpa teaching me aspects of the culture. But I didn't grow up there. Yeah. And mm. so I think like even just little things like jokes and you know like deeper in in the language words. Yeah. I was just like I don't get it. And so I always ended up kind of grouping myself with the Aussies yeah. uh-huh. because it was like well this is home. Like mm. they are my safety blanket because they get me. But they, then also you kind of won't sort of fully like, fit within yeah. the Aussie group. So I always mm. ended up kind of switching between the two yes. and not really yeah. being yeah. like a hundred percent in both uh-huh. but it was also a blessing because i think a lot of my aussie friends didn't quite understand the the humor and the way that filipinos express their love mm-hmm. like they don't say i love you you're amazing you're the best they'll do it in like funny little ways mm. um like being like oh you, do you like this food like i'll get you some more 
or it's yeah. like, oh, you must like eating. Like, you know, just just weird <laughs> things like that. Like, it's really, it's strange. Like, oh, you must really like eating that food. And like, you know, some, like some of my Aussie friends would be like, that's a bit offensive. Like, I feel like they're, you know, they're making fun of me. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to kind of relay that over to the Filipino side and yeah. be like, this is how they're feeling. They're like, no, like, this is how it was. And I'd have to keep going back and forth and feel like I'm playing bloody tennis with myself. Oh, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. We will come back to this. <laughs> we'll speak some more. But we have to keep going with our incredible female artists. We're yes. going to gonna part two that conversation. Hell yeah. And maybe it's even <laughs> this episode because we've, we've had a lot of tea and there's mm. still so much more tea to spill. <laughs> but for now, we're going to go into a song that I really, really love. It's a, actually a remix, but I, I really like this song. Let me know what you guys think and I will be keen to see what you in the studio feel mm. as well. It's I Want to Be Down by Brandy wow. MC Light, Queen Latifah and Yo-Yo and literally just about every fantastic female in the hip-hop R&B game that you could imagine. Uh, oh, hello! <laughs> you just listened to Guilty by Lady Ray. Before that was Golden by Jill Scott. Before that was The Incredible. I had to play this song. Obviously, Do Wop by the amazing Miss Lauren Hill. Yes. And before that was our lovely remix of I Wanna Be Down. So now that's out of the way, feel free to spill the tea, my friends. <laughs> feel free to get <laughs> I, back I at it. I can take the reins on this. We oh, did. Oh. <laughs> to explain, to explain, as you said, Alia, we were mm. talking beforehand about how our culture identity, being women of colour, has impacted on our relationships. Mm. But we spoke more widely about relationships in general, like relationships with family, relationships with friends, Mm. because I feel like when you perhaps are on the peripheral or you don't quite, you're not quite in the the in-group of being a person of colour, you don't quite understand things in the same way. And like I say, we applied that to the relationships of people around us more broadly speaking but you guys seem to be pretty keen to talk about uh the romantic side of things so by all means i'm i'm happy to provide the platform for you um well i i was telling um sophia off air that you know for the longest time um i only like exclusively dated asian men um and predominantly they were filipino um and I think I just sort of gravitated towards, oh, this person's like me. Mm. Oh, this person gets it. Oh, they grew up in Australia like me and they share the Filipino culture mm. and they get it. But also in like underlying all of that was my insecurities and, you know, my thought of I'm not good enough to date outside of my ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And wow. And, like, I really, really didn't get that until you know, I hit, like, way, way, way later on. So, like, almost in my 20s. Um, And I was telling you guys off air that I... What got me out of that mindset was... Unfortunately... Come on, collect the receipt, Elia. Collect (laughs) it. Collect it. We know you want to. Come on. Unfortunately, it was was another male. Um, You don't need men to validate you. That's what I'm saying. Excuse (laughs) me. But he was... But he... It, it was amazing because he was this um yeah he was tall, a model gorgeous okay, french, right. <laughs> tall gorgeous french model um, who was you know genuinely into me as a person not just you know oh my exotic books or anything like that. 
I think that's a massive thing. Me as a human being. You as a Leah, not as a Leah the Filipino girl. And it was Mm. so wild because I was like, oh, oh, you want to, me? Oh, you want to, oh, oh, okay. Well, it's like that. And like that, that was sort of like the click in my head of like, I can date whoever the hell I want to. Mm. Like, yeah. Literally anybody on the damn planet, mm-hmm. because like if if because someone you who, as a person are great, yeah, yeah, it's like if if this person who I thought was way out of my league genuinely likes me as a human being, then why can't you know old mate Greg like me as well? <laughs> and yeah. you know why can't I date him? Why do yeah. I have to date people who look like me an interesting thought Mm. i want to get your guys opinion on this do you feel like as women of color being approached by a caucasian male Mm. do you almost (laughs) feel a little bit like irrespective of you know their personal attributes do you feel as if you're supposed to feel a little bit privileged that this person has shown you attention look and almost accept whatever you get given I think oh, don't speak for to me, for me, for a like, I think now that I'm a little bit older, um, I when I was a, approached by a Caucasian male, um, it was sort of like oh, yellow fever, uh, like yeah, it, it, I'm just another Asian girl that you want to like hit it and quit it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like. And it was like, you did, like, but that was also me being totally biased. And, mm. like, I had to get that out of my head as well mm. of, like, oh, you know, like, be, let's talk about it. Tinder is dangerous, okay? I got very, very lucky on Tinder. <laughs> um, Coop, if you're listening, I love you. But, Aww. like, the number Shut of, up, yeah, the number of guys that I thought would just, like, match up with me because, oh, she's... She's exotic. Oh, mm. she's Asian. Let's have a little mm. taste of that. Really pissed me off. But then that yeah. was also me boxing myself up and being like, I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to mm. go through that again. Mm. So I'm going to profile you straight away. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, no. I don't know, for you guys, definitely, because you're both mixed race. And, like, for me, I, I don't fit the typical, like, Filipino mm. look. I'm, I'm a bit more of, like how they would call like chinita a little bit more chinese mm. side but do you ever like do you hate it when people go your oh, xyz and be like let, stop me, let, guessing me, guess, my like, let me guess your ethnicity stop guessing my and it's race. like yeah it's, it's not a game mate no, <laughs> no. it's like what mm. what do you get if you get it right like, I'm so, so worldly because yeah, I can guess yeah. what you are. And it's like, no, yeah. you can't guess what I am. No. I'm a fucking human being, bro. Like, yeah. calm down. I can totally relate to what you were saying about mm. relationships, though, about not feeling like you're good enough to date people outside of your race. If I date a white boy, I have to give a disclaimer. If I meet their parents for the first time, I have to be, you know, mm. upfront, like, do they know I'm brown? Because I'm not looking for any surprises out here. Yeah. When we come round, this isn't this isn't that movie Get Out. So don't like, know <laughs> exactly. But I find that like you have yeah. to give that disclaimer mm. and be like, oh, make sure because yeah. I think that parents as well in relationships are very yeah. difficult. And like meeting parents for the first time, they're like, oh well look how exotic my son is being, and I'm just like, oh for God's sake! Like <laughs> I've even had um, an ex of mine. Um, mm. They're mom mm-hmm. sent a message to them 
using the n-word in my presence so i was there she obviously didn't know she doesn't to this day i don't think she knows that i saw it but i was in like what context? like what's up my mm, oh. what, what is your like if is your mum like what kind of work like is she trying to be that she like i it's I, a backwards I, oh, kind of work i tell you that it's like exactly it's so backwards like are you how is that Oh, it's just cool now. It's, it's, it's not cool. A... I don't get how. I'm, I I know people might get offended by this, but I don't get and I do not like and I will not accept white Caucasian people using the N-word. Mm. I don't want to hear using it as a joke. Mm. And I've heard it recently in my own circle and I just like turn my head oh. aghast. Like when they'll be like, oh, come here, <laughs> my Come here, my knee. Like, and I'm like, what and not even referring to yeah. me but referring to another caucasian and i'm like no, we're literally no, 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 living no, 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 no. in 2019 no. we do not use it and i will the only people who are allowed to use it are people of color and it's not used in a denigrating way mm. we're reclaiming that word and if yeah. you want to reclaim that word fine but i'm yeah. not going to use it and i don't think you yeah. you should be no. never but be no, using it i feel it. like it it's definitely like even as a person of color myself, it's not my word. It's not. Yeah. It's, not, it's mine. not my word. It, if it comes on like, in a there song, are I will other words. cull mm. it. I yeah. will cut it out. Mm. Because there's no like, need for it. No, like, there's no need for it uh-uh. at all. No. And I yeah. think that, that definitely put me in a difficult scenario because when you date someone, like you're not necessarily being like, oh, I'm going to marry this person, but you know you're going to be around their family a lot. And like if that's what your family is about, like what hmm. are you about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think definitely with that word. I would love to have a discussion about this later on, but mm. I think maybe again, this is important for people who are listening into this conversation, mm. um, trying to understand and trying to, you know, be- get a better view of what it's like being a person of colour. But I don't think people really get the breakdown of why this word is so offensive because yeah. it yeah. literally comes from so much oppression, so much negativity. That's what it was created for. Mm. So when I, well, I feel like when people of colour use it, I personally. Although people may say I have the right to say it, personally, I don't choose to keep it within my dialect. I don't mm. think there's any need for it. I, if I find it in songs, I sing neighbour instead. Mm. So, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, she it, ain't messing with it. no broke neighbours. That's all oh. you need to sing. Hey, that's actually very good because then I'll go like, like let's say I'm listening to um, what's that? Is that Rocky song? Which one? I love Aboriginal. Oh. Because it's like, there's that bit where he goes, because I'm the, the yeah, you yeah. know. I'm and the neighbour. Like, and I'm like, because I'm the... <laughs> yeah, when but I that hear word. it in the club and that word comes on, I want to hear silence. I don't want to hear look nobody mm. out here. Mm-mm. No, no, because it comes from a place of so much oppression and that's the point. And I feel like any kind of word that severely offends a social group... Mm. Why do I have to justify myself? And it's not yeah. a case of like, oh, well, how come you guys can say it? Because yeah. we didn't attach several hundreds of years of oppression yeah. to that word. Yeah. We are trying to take it back and break away from that. Did mm. you know that when um, Obama was in power, there was actually a bill over in the US that was um, put through that cuts out the word negro like you're not allowed to use the word negro mm. you're not allowed to use the Ooh. word oriental right. you're not allowed to use certain um racial 
slurs. I'm going to make the decision here. But like, they weren't allowed, you're not allowed to say that in a public forum. Mm. I'm going to make the decision that we need a part two. I'm sorry. We really (laughs) do. We need a part two. We need a part two. We're already over time. I'm very sorry. (laughs) Very sorry, everyone. I know you guys are enjoying, but like, But yes, this this was important (laughs) for our International Women's Day special. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to really include all women and allow women and, and men as well to understand the intersections and the undertones of this debate that applies to women of colour. So I think I will make the decision here and now Ooh, if you two are free that we will come back. We'll, we'll come back for a part two we're because excited. I want to get onto that. I want to talk about, you know, language mm. and discourse and the way that we talk about yes, these things and we will get please. onto that and what that impact that has. So, you know, catch catch these two back very, very <laughs> oh. soon. Catch these in. Yes. <laughs> catch a whole case. <laughs> but don't catch feelings. No, we no. catch flights, not feelings. Not baby. in 2019. <laughs> no. We are mirrors. My friend says in 2019, we are mirrors, which means we only give what we are getting from people, Ooh. what we are getting from men. That is what we are. That's Ooh. it. Yeah, but don't feel like you have to take whatever you receive. Uh-uh. Don't feel like you are less than anyone else because you are a woman of colour yes. trying to date or trying to navigate your way through the dating mm-hmm. world. Uniqueness You are is a queen, power. but you're not a mango. You're not exotic. You are beautiful and exciting because of your own intelligence and, and your own personality. So that's what we're going to round up from that. I feel like Yay. we have to we have to round up and put we at least really we're going to put a lid on it for now but hopefully but we'll let her out again. these beautiful ladies fantastic ladies will be joining me again very soon for a part two yes. so if you if you enjoyed the show <laughs> if you enjoyed the show please let us know in our DMs at the power of she also I'm going to open it up to topics people would like to know Ooh. about let's open up a question so Ask us please don't feel oh afraid God, yes. if you are genu- yeah, if you are genuinely <laughs> interested in any part parts of our cultures any you know if there are things that you perhaps would like to know how is the appropriate way to conduct yourself within those spheres please send us a dm and honestly i will keep it anonymous it's not an attack it's not it's anything i will more than happily like openly accept your willingness to learn and your willingness to engage with us because that's the whole point this whole show is about bringing women together and about celebrating women this whole day is about celebrating the amazing women that we have had that we do have and we will have yes so in order to create the best platform for the future we need to bring everyone in together and the more people that understand our struggles understand our perspectives and our points of view as women of color the more like we can achieve so please 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 do get in touch with us for our part two. But we are going to have to say goodbye, lovely ladies, because we all have places to be and we're already over time. Oh my God, please follow us on our socials. Please, like, please, please. The, like our personal socials. Go for it. Like literally, hit up Just don't, hit up don't Sophia DM Sophia. If you're a boy, <laughs> what's up, girl? Sit, are you, are you light skin? Uh, oh, no. Miss, miss only us with that, nice, please. Only nice yeah. people of colour and nice white boys in my DMs, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will. No, DMs for me I'm basically married thank you yeah yeah so yeah please follow us on Instagram at the power of she and please tune in next week for I do believe it will be an ableism special focusing Mm. on women who are discriminated against because they are disabled so I'm talking about that and the impact that disabilities have on young women 
So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I can hopefully, with the approval of these、Yay! two ladies, say hold tight for <laughs> part two of this、uh, Women of Color special. But yeah, please make good choices. Celebrate your mum, celebrate your sisters, celebrate your cousins, celebrate as much as Sophia and Aaliyah are in the studio <laughs> right now. Our fantastic women that contribute so much to society and just in general, really. And love yourself. And really, I really do appreciate people who've come here to listen, who perhaps can't relate, but have come here to genuinely try and understand and to see how we can push forward as a society. So, yes, tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to send you off with I'm Every Woman by s h a k a k a n You're listening to The Power of She here on Sin 90.7. I love you, Mum. This was a Sin Media podcast, previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Okay, see you later. Bye bye.